My front porch swing, a glass of lemonade, a baby on my knee, I think I got it made. You best be believing, I'm never leaving evening shade. Got a southern breeze singing through the pines, cool as a julep in the summertime. You best be believing, I'm never leaving evening shade. They got ten cent stores, no locks on the doors, and everybody knows your name. They got Sunday school, the golden rule, and every day that passes is slower than molasses, and you can't help but smile, lying in the shade. So come on down and you'll be glad you stayed. Don't talk about leaving. I'm never leaving evening shade. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Burt Reynolds and Charles Bronson podcast. I am your host, Scott White, and I am joined once again by Steph DeWagoner. I can't believe I'm back here again so soon. Yes, and you're going to be back even sooner. I can't believe it. It's Christmas time. I thought I would do a Christmas episode of Evening Shade. Okay. From the first season. I don't know. This was on for like five, six seasons. Five seasons on CBS, I believe. Four, four or five seasons. Four or five seasons. So it was on for quite a while. Nostalgia must be a powerful thing because I remember it being much better. <laughs> this episode was bad. No, and it's... It, okay, so this is from Linda Bloodworth Thompson. Yes. The creator of Designing Women. And I... This was kind of mid-designing women, this series comes out. So this is when CBS kind of was having these. It, it wasn't the same thing as CBS back in the 60s when they had Beverly Hillbillies and Green Acres and the, the rural comedies. This was what I would call CBS's um, like high-end Southern comedies, yes. I guess. High-end political. It, it would, yes, it was the opposite of the Beverly Hillbillies. It was like... Sitcom set in the South where the people aren't, you know, aren't Jethro. Right, um, right, right. It's more like high end and it's a lot of socio-political commentary yes. hidden under the this kind of eccentric group of Southern friends. Right. And this sitcom has more actors than a mad, 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 mad world. It was... <laughs> I know. For the level of actors in this, I was surprised at how, like... This episode was not good. No. But I also think in the second season they tweaked the show because this is still being like filmed and don't I think they change it in the second season. I did something different for this podcast that I normally haven't done, like what we've done on, for example, on your Dan Aykroyd podcast mm -hmm. when we've done episodes of Soul Man. I've just watched that episode and then maybe watch one mm -hmm. later. This time I wasn't as familiar with this sitcom. So I watched the first episode. Just so I would have the groundwork of kind of mm -hmm. the situation. And then watch this, which is supposed to be the 11th episode. But if, and I was all excited when you first asked me to watch this because it's on Prime. It's on Amazon Prime. The problem is there's like eight or 10 episodes missing. They don't have all 25 episodes. They've plucked 10 of them and this is one of them. So I had to go to YouTube to watch this. It's not available on Prime. Which threw me off because I kept, I was counting and looking. <laughs> so, yeah. So, this is from 1990, Burt Reynolds' TV vehicle, his yes. sitcom. 
And this is from the first season, and it's about midway through the first season. It's Christmas of 1990. So the gist is, Burt Reynolds is a high school coach. It's set in Florida. His wife is Mary Lou Henner. I love Mary Lou Henner and loved her on Taxi. Uh, read her books. Read mm-hmm. it. So I was super happy to see her in this. But even she is not good in this. No. And they're married. She's about 16 years younger than him. Bert's family is decorating the tree. And it's set up that they have three kids and she's pregnant. So they have one. The whole first season is about how she's this high end attorney, but she's pregnant. Like she's a public defender or public, or or not a public defender, a um, district attorney. If I'm correct, if it's not in the first season, Bert had a vasectomy, but Charles Durning, who's his doctor and friend, did a bad job, so the, the vasectomy didn't take. Because she's pregnant already in, like, the first episode. Yes. Yeah. She's younger than him, though, because he's, like, 54, 55 in this, and she's about 38, and they don't ever explain how they have this, like, 15-year-old son. You know, like, she must have got pregnant right off the bat when they got married. Yeah. But, yeah, she's this big district attorney, career woman, travels. Mm. She's out of town all the time, so he's stuck with the kids a lot. There's three kids. There's one that's young, but the two older ones are like, I want this and I want that. So there's a 14, 15-year-old boy, a 10-year-old girl, and then there's a 4-year-old boy. Yes. So they kind of got all age. The 4-year-old boy has a glorious mullet. He does. A glorious mullet. He does. And it comes out that the 4-year-old doesn't believe in Santa. Right. I wrote down jaded 4-year-old. Grandma Newton got a bathrobe for last Christmas. How would we know? We don't keep track of stuff like that. I keep forgetting that I'm talking to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Pigs of Christmas. Hey, you don't have to get cranky about it. We just want our share. Your share? Yeah. Taylor, Christmas morning, there's going to be so many presents under the tree that we could give them to half the children of the third world. Not to mention all the stuff that Santa's going to bring. (laughs) Yeah, right. What, what is this yeah, right stuff? That, I know Santa Claus is not real. Where'd you get that idea? Because can it get around the whole world in one night unless you have help from somebody else? Like who? Federal Express. Well, that's what you know. Santa has the fastest sleigh in the world. Anyways, if there is a Santa, why can't I have a dog? Because we already have a dog. And Santa feels that two dogs would be too many. Well, hey, Brownie's getting old. Why does Santa care? He didn't have to take care of him. Because Santa is a personal friend of your mother's and mine, and Santa thinks that one dog is enough, and we don't want to make Santa angry, do we? And he's supposed to be, they establish him as being some kind of a genius kid early on in the season, early on in the show, too. So I'm not sure... Bert tries to convince the four-year-old, no, Santa's real. And then Mary Lou comes down. And so Mary Lou Henner's father in the sitcom is Hal Holbrook, who's in Iraq because he's a newsman. Yeah, it's interesting. I it kind of I had to do a little looking because Hal Holbrook would pop up on Designing Women every once in a while. Well, he was married to Dixie Carter. Right, and he would play Dixie Carter's boyfriend, who was an attorney. And so I was like, oh, I guess he was kind of double dipping both shows. 
Um, but yeah, he's sort of her, he, he gets along with Burt Reynolds, you know, the, as an in-law, they get along well. Burt Reynolds' character's name is Wood, right? Wood. Woody, yeah. Wood, and so it's called the Wood Who Stole Christmas. Um, so yeah, they get along, but he's not really in this episode. No. You only see him in some tape. From what I've gathered, he, Hal Holbrook, is dating the town stripper. She, yes. And they established that in the first season too. And she is much younger. This is a, this is like Burt Reynolds surrounded by all these, Burt Reynolds and Mary Lou Hunter surrounded by all these just eclectic Southern characters right. everybody's a little off yes the doctor's charles durning he's a little off mm. the strippers this big loud flamboyant mm. stripper um hal holbrook's the character of hal holbrook's sister and mary lou henner's aunt aunt frida she is eccentric and yes. big and in fact i wrote down so she's played by um elizabeth okay. um oh, should i should wrote it down great actress yeah um I she to me she was old Suzanne Sugarbaker. She was basically playing if Suzanne Sugarbaker was somebody's old matron aunt. Don't you didn't you find Burt Reynolds just kind of flat? Yeah, uh, he's flat. He's flat this. through His it. Delivery's flat. So after the opening scene, we cut to there's this cafe where they all meet. It's the meeting spot, and this is so we're introduced to Charles Durning and Ozzy Davis. And Michael Jeter. So, and apparently there is a guy in town named Dub, or Bub. Nub. Nub, who is... Is that Charles, is that uh, Jeter's brother? Or no, something? no, it's, he's just slow. And I find that funny, like, there's no way you could put that character <laughs> on a sitcom now. But, Linda Bloodworth Thompson and her husband or whatever, they did a sitcom for Delta Burke. Uh, called Women of the House, where Delta Burke, Suzanne Sugarbaker, takes over her de- her dead husband's Congress seat. And you know Jonathan Banks from Wise Guy, yeah. you know, kind of cr- crotchety uh, character yeah. actor? He plays a character like that in Women of <laughs> the House. And I was like, what is with <laughs> Linda Bloodworth Thompson in this, like, simpleton character? It's weird because he's like best pal, Nub is best pals with the four-year-old. It's creepy. Well, every year, Nub mails a letter to Santa. They intercept it at the post office and whatever he asks for, they get him. Well, Nub has been hanging around with the four-year-old. The four-year-old has let Nub know that Santa doesn't exist. What we forgot to mention before is the reason the four-year-old doesn't think Santa exists is... Earlier in the year, he lost a tooth. He didn't tell his parents that he lost his tooth. He put the tooth under the pillow. When the tooth was still there in the morning, he realized the tooth fairy doesn't exist. So he is periodically going through each season doing experiments, I guess because he's a genius. Do you have a problem with... We've done this before. I think we talked about another show. might have been Soul Man uh, on your other Dan Aykroyd Mm -hmm. podcast. Where they, they just blatantly are debating whether Santa exists on these primetime sitcoms. Like, does it bug you at all that kids could have been watching this and now would have been like, there's no you Santa? You know what? I never I never thought of that. But yeah, that is... That it kind of bugs me. That I is a know. good point. So what the four-year-old has done, he's told his parents that he wants a Nintendo, but he has secretly told Santa that he wants it to snow. Right. The and oldest, they're in Florida. Right. The oldest... The oldest uh, kid taylor the teenage has has advised uh burt reynolds and mary lou henner this is what's up 
Um, by the way, Taylor, J.R. Ferguson that plays Taylor, a lot of these kids you see on these sitcoms, you never see them again, right? Mm -hmm. They're never in anything. He actually ended up having a good career. He was on Mad Men. He plays a main character on The Connors. Now he plays Ben on The Connors. Because I was looking at him like, he looks familiar. So And so now I'm going to say something very, very un-Christmassy. Yeah. Burton, Mary Lou are talking. The phone rings. And she's like, oh, no. And and there's another thing we got we forgot. We, and she's like, my client, he got arrested for shoplifting. And he has, you should see how they live. And he has seven kids. It's like, okay, if you if you can't support, don't have seven kids. <laughs> if you can't support. So he's been going around shoplifting at all the stores to get Christmas presents for the kids. Did you think that was a pretty heavy-handed heavy handed plot? No, no, that like, was just like, like slam. Anybody knows where this is going. Yes. Like, oh, no, no. This There are no surprises in this episode. Burt Reynolds is already frustrated that all the kids are whining and asking for materialistic okay, the things. Young one, the young one wants it to snow. How are we going to make it snow? So, yeah, there's no, there's no surprises. Right. Like we said... Hal Holbrook is in Iraq and they were doing it's like oh I saw your dad on CNN and he just said hello to the stripper right they're doing like soldiers with special messages yes. home for the holidays and so Mary Lou Henner's disappointed that his father her father didn't say anything about them but she's also disappointed that the kids couldn't take two seconds to make a homemade Christmas card for yes. their grandfather well, at first she said, this is the first Christmas without daddy. I'm like, is he dead? No, no, no. So, right, I got confused for <laughs> yeah, a second, Yeah, I got too, confused for a second, Because I, like, well, I was like, well, wait a minute. Burt Reynolds' character's father died like 30 years yeah. prior. So, yeah, that confused me for a second, too. So, we're back. We've established that Nub doesn't believe in Christmas. So, uh, Burt Reynolds comes up with the idea. Hey, I know a person that has a snowmaker. I'll get that. And Ozzy and... Charles Durning, you go get it. Why did he say, because they said, how do you know, why did he know somebody that had a snowbreaker? I can't remember why. He didn't he, say. He goes, like, don't worry about it or something like right, that. Right, right. Yeah, that he had this, snow, that could make fake snow. I can't remember. Yeah. Oh, to make like, oh, because it was for a car commercial. It was a car commercial, yes. Um, like, he knew somebody who used it for a car And commercial. then, so, and there's this, like you said, they're all being eccentric. And Charles Durning usually plays, he would play Santa. And he's like, well, they, they want to have a different image of Santa, so they hired a slim Santa. And then he goes on to say, like, why do they think just because you're a fat man you want to play Santa, you know? <laughs> do they go up to Bucktooth people and ask them to play the Easter Bunny? I really do think that you should go ahead and play Santa Claus again this year. I mean, come on. Have some Christmas spirit. Marlene, I had the Christmas spirit, and they killed it. Besides, I'm... Upset because everybody assumes that just because I'm fat, I'm jolly. I don't think anybody assumes that. Yes, they do. Everybody takes fat people for granted. I mean, like, just assuming that just because we're fat, we like to play Santa Claus. I don't see anybody going around asking buck-toothed people to be the Easter Bunny. And, you know, that's an old joke. You know what I'm starting to think, though? Your podcasts are all starting to interconnect and the wires are all starting to cross because I know you did Bessel Whorehouse in Texas and Charles Durning's in that. Yeah. And his doctor character in Evening Shade reminds me a little bit of, of the governor from Bessel Whorehouse yeah. in Texas. Just kind of this good old, <laughs> yeah. jolly, you know, character. And he's, and he's married to an eccentric woman. Right, right, right. He's married to um, the the 
Anne Wedgworth, yes. who is a character actress yes. that people would know from Three's Company. Mm -hmm. She was in Steel Magnolias. Yeah. She always plays this kind of vapid yeah. Southern. Mm -hmm. Like you think she, at one point she was this hottie, you yes. know, but now she's this kind of middle aged. She really came into her own as like a 40 year old right. actress. Every, you know Anne Wedgworth. Yes, you, you guys, kind of all these actors. If you saw them, you would recognize them. Yeah, she's the she's the aunt in Still Magnolia that makes the armadillo cake with mm. the red velvet yeah. <laughs> that you cut into, and it looks like it's a bleeding armadillo. Like you totally know who she is. Uh, then we cut back to the house, and then the kids are just totally ramped up on. You know, did you get me this? Did, did I get, get this? Yeah, is that yeah. under the tree? And there's all these presents under the and tree. And then the kid says something. Which he says something to Burt Reynolds. It's like, you're old. You're going to die soon. We have a whole life. Why would you say that to your father? Right. That is, that is, and it's not like it's a, he's in his, t he's 14, 15. To say, and, and not being mad, you know, I hope you die. They're in a fight. He's like, you don't need stuff, dad, because you're going to die soon. It's like that was, and then he sends them all to their room. He is mad. He sends them to bed. He's yes. he said, "I've had it with this greed, and I've had it with this." Sends them all to bed, and then he takes all of their presents and gives them. It's like I'm taking them to the poor person's house. Right, Mary Lou Henner's client, the poor family. He loads up all the presents, and now the aunt, Aunt Frida. No, not Aunt Frida, uh, the doctor's wife. Yes. And Wedgeworth, she comes and drops a little present off and thinks, oh, no, they don't have any gifts. Yes. She goes, I didn't know you'd fallen on hard times. And, you know, it's... And then the, uh, the stripper shows up, who must be 12 feet tall, because <laughs> she was just towering over everybody. She's tall, big boobs. Yeah. And she's like, I have the unedited version of what your father said. Right. Somehow she got the, like, news tape. That wasn't edited, right? Yes. Uh, apparently she got that Who knows? four hours after it aired. Yes. Yeah. I don't know how that would have happened. But they put the VHS into the into the machine and it's Hal Holbrook in an awful green screen. Yes. It's terrible. I mean, it was just... Hal Holbrook is sitting in some newsroom, some news bureau in Iraq. Mm -hmm. and, but it, yeah, it yeah. looks really bad. You know, he thanked the stripper first, but then he's like, my sister and my grandchildren and my daughter and so he thanked everybody and they edited it and mary lou henner's all touched yes. when she sees that then they have the snow machine and it's a dud and it's a dud it's like it's just as michael jeter it looks like whale spit and the one thing that got a chuckle out of me is they've got a snow machine and then nub what is it nub comes by and they all turn to cover it so it all looks like they're taking a leak yes and that was mildly funny. That was. And Nub's like, you guys writing your name in your snow? And he's like, um, oh, no, no. It's just, what's that? And he goes, oh, that's a, that's a mulcher. He goes, right. really? Looks like a snow machine to me. Why do all these towns have the central Christmas tree that everybody lights on Christmas Eve? Don't they know that towns do this like the day after Thanksgiving? Nobody <laughs> lights the Christmas tree on Christmas Eve. One of the traditions in Evening Shade is Nub would always put the tree, would put the star on top of the tree. Well, now that he doesn't believe in Santa, he doesn't want to do it. The tree is up, and they're trying to convince Nub to put the star on top of the tree. And then all the poor kids... Now, by the way, those kids would have been livid if they came downstairs and all those presents were gone. I, I did think it was kind of a nice little way to handle it, though, because Burt Reynolds must have put tags on them that said, like, to you know, Tommy Poor Kid from... Taylor. Rich kid. Right. 
and because they had a nice little scene where the older boy, kind of the mirror image, right, yeah. says, wow, thanks for the Nintendo or thanks for whatever it was. That was so nice. That's the nicest thing I ever had. And the guy's, well, have you ever that's like gotten any Christmas presents before? And the kid goes, no. See, now, to me, it would have worked better if the kid was angry. So you're saying you think it would have worked better. It would have worked better if the kids would have come down and they would have been livid. That, yeah, we didn't have a scene like that, That right? they gave the presents away. And then he says, thank you for the stereo. I think that scene would have worked better. You're right. We didn't get a scene We didn't like get that. a scene of the kids being angry. It would have had a, a bigger impact, in my opinion. I if, thought the end was weird. It was confusing to me. The whole thing. Because all of a sudden we went from like the kids being sent to bed. And then, then the guys were playing with the snow machine. And then we were at this other... like To me, it was all kind of jumbled. At and the then end. they're like, Nub, put the star up. Nub. And he's like, I can't do it if Santa doesn't exist. And then Bert's like, well, you know, maybe Santa doesn't exist the way you think he does. But then... And then while this is happening... It starts to snow. I just can't be a party to this now that I know there's no Santa Claus. Oh, no, there is a Santa Claus. He may not be the Santa Claus you're, you're looking for. What do you mean? Well, but, I mean, he may not be a Santa Claus that looks and, and talks to you like Harlan, but for me, the big guy up in the North Pole, he can make almost any wish come true. Hey, would you look at that? I'll be darned. Now we're in business. Hey, Nub, look, it's starting to snow. There is a Santa Claus, there is. Which everybody knew that was going to happen. Right, I wrote, and it snows. And it snows. So Nub and the four-year-old, now their belief in Santa has been restored Nub puts the star on top of the tree. They all sing Christmas carols. And then that is the... And Nub takes the four-year-old for a ride in his wagon. Yes. Uh, The four-year-old and a dog? Yes. Because the poor people can't have a dog in their house. So they gave it to Burt Reynolds. And he brought it home. Because earlier in the episode, the kids wanted another dog. Oh, that's right. It's the four-year-old, a dog, and Nub. And yes, it's just really weird... That the town simpleton and the four-year-old are best friends. <laughs> it's, but, you know, it sounds like it's a heartwarming holiday episode, but honestly, it's not that good. It's not executed very no, well. No, no, it's not executed very well. It's bland, and you, you don't, you, it's like, you, you meet the poor family for like 20 seconds. You, you have no, you have no connection with them because you don't meet them earlier in the episode. You don't see how they live. I was wondering, because I don't really remember this show being in syndication either. It, there's 99 episodes of it. And I was like, well, how many, don't you need 100 You need 100 for, but, no, no, you need 100 for residuals. But apparently it was syndicated on like USA or something else. And so apparently there are people who fondly remember this show and remember it being in syndication. You know, like we always say, if you're a Burt Reynolds fan, it's worth checking out. Like I say, it is on Prime, but it's just not all the episodes. I feel like the show got better. This is the first season. There's a ton of great character actors and actresses in it. There's nothing different about this Christmas episode that stands out. You see all of the tropes, and and they do no variations on the tropes. It's just not a very good 
episode. I feel like there's probably better episodes of this show to watch. Oh, there's um, always a little tinkering after yes. the first season. I'm sure there is. Um, Mary Lou Henner, you know, I was also curious, like how, what she felt about Burt Reynolds. She's always very candy. You know, Mary Lou Henner has this. She's the, like the one of twelve people in the world who has this like hypo something brain that literally can remember every detail of her life. And she loved Burt Reynolds, thought that he was very generous. She, spe- she speaks very fondly of him. So yeah. This was uh, the, uh, the curly toupee. Yeah, yeah. This is Bert, this is not Burt Reynolds' best toupee. No, yeah. This is the the, the curly toupee where he's trying to like age. It's a little gray ish, yeah. but yeah, it's not his best toupee. It's look, it's the Carl Perkins toupee. That's what I yes. call it. <laughs> that's what I call it. it. Looks like Carl Perkins' toupee. And uh, that's it. I can't recommend it. It's just not. Yeah, check out the series, but this yeah. isn't my. Even if the acting was better no there's much funnier like everybody loves raymond they do one where Allie asks about santa so they all end up showing it yes. up with santa suits that's funnier. which is exactly what happens in the adams family right the adams family has a wonderful christmas episode we get special participation this yeah. time in this episode from my dog daisy from my cat max from my actually my dog sawyer is being nah, quiet yeah. for once but yeah. daisy and max are contributing so if you hear daisy and max just know that there's a Pomeranian and a big chubby cat that are also contributing to the content. Today. All right, and that, that is it. So this is going to be the last episode of uh, this year. Merry Christmas, everybody. Anything you want to promote or say? No, no. Just thanks to everybody for listening this year. And if there's things about content about Burt Reynolds or something you want to hear, let let Scott know, you know, message and make sure that you are liking and... and uh, um, giving good ratings for the Burt Reynolds and Charles Bronson podcast so we can keep making more episodes. All right. Thank you very much. And we'll see everybody here next year on the Burt Reynolds and Charles Bronson podcast. Happy holidays. To support this podcast, please go to www.patreon.com slash Scott White and give what you're able. If you're listening on iTunes, please give a review. This should help people find the podcast when they're searching. Uh, no matter what services you use to listen, please leave feedback. We always want to improve. Thank you for listening to the Burt Reynolds and Charles Bronson podcast. And now, as Mr. Nub Oliver places our star, we'll have the lighting of our tree. Christmas from Evening Shade. has been a Cross the Streams media podcast.